Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Big Red and More podcast, episode three. I am T-Bird, and with me, of course, is always Jaden, and let's get into it. So this week was obviously really disappointing, um, not the way any of us thought this game was going to go. Real heartbreaker. Um, what are your What are your initial thoughts on the game, Jaden? I liked about two and a half quarters. Uh, you know, they had them at a what was it, 120 yards with four minutes left in the third quarter, and mm-hmm. it just kind of imploded. And I don't know about you, but when we were watching the game, it was right after that flea flicker. I was just sitting there thinking, "Oh boy, here we go again." Yeah. What what is going to happen? Are we going to just totally blow this thing or it just it's it seems to be happening every year. Like we and, can't finish. We just yeah, can't finish we can't the game. Finish. I don't I don't know if they were gassed maybe cuz you know the, the defense was on the field. That was you know, actu- the, that that was actually one of the notes that I had for this game was we we need longer drives. We can't just yeah. re- we can't just rely on you know two average runs in a big play. Like we we right. need good 10, 12 play drives every single time, not only for clock management but also to give our defense a rest. And I right. I don't care what anyone says, altitude is going to take take a toll, especially when your offense is going three and out all the time. It's just they, if the offense would have sustained longer drives, we would have won that game, no problem, no problem yeah, at the, all. It comes to at what point does Scott Frost decide to say, maybe I should change my game plan? You know, maybe you know have longer drives, especially towards you know when you're ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, I get the you know foot to the pedal. At all times, but there there comes a time where you don't have the depth on defense. Well, I don't feel like we kept our foot on the pedal at all. No, and that was the issue. Is you know it, they kept giving up the ball. Well, you know a few. What was it? A couple fumbles. Mm Mm-hmm. And just keeping the defense out there, they're gassed. We don't have the depth. There comes you know Scott Frost needs to realize what he has in his team. He doesn't have the depth yet. Right. So he needs to, you know, slow it down towards the end of the game when especially when they're ahead and just try to try to, you know, put together a 10 to 12 play drive and eat some clock well, and give the I don't, defense I don't, some rest. I don't think that we need to slow it down. That's not what I'm saying. Like I don't think we need to be running the ball the entire second half, but but what I'm saying I'm is I'm not saying that, but go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I'm just yeah. Don't snap the ball with 15 seconds left on the clock. Right. Yeah. You know? It's just yeah. I mean, I don't. I just it, it was just weird. That second half was just completely weird. I mean, Martinez just looked like he had no confidence in his wide receivers at all. You know what I mean? Like it's just it looks like there's something off there. The tight ends were completely MIA on the entire day. Um, yep. I just I just don't understand it at all. It's like why is JD and Juan Dell are only two players? And 
and Maurice was only rushing to the outside. We had nothing going on on the inside at all as far as our run game goes, and that's completely disturbing as well. So, I don't know, man. I think, I don't know. It's it's definitely disheartening, but I think I'm hoping that this is this loss is going to be a wake-up call for these guys. Like, I'm hoping that, you know, they were too emotionally involved in this game. And they need to be more robotical and, you know, just no emotions at all. Just go in, do your job, and that's it. No matter how much shit Colorado fans are talking. Like, we, they just got caught up on it, you know, saying that they're spitting on them, you know, down and talking shit the whole game. Like, don't don't be a part of that. Just go in, just do your job, and get out. That's it. So... I think I think that definitely had a lot to do with it too. I mean, I, they're only human. Right. I get it. We'd all get caught up in it too, but but they need to do a better job of not doing that. Um, and the biggest thing that really really grinds me and always has for probably at least eight years now is why does Nebraska never run play action plays? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, anyone that's ever watched a game with me for the last eight years, I'm constantly calling out for a play action, and we never do it. Like, and they would totally bite on it. Like, I just I just don't understand it at all. It's Yeah, with this offense, you would think they'd easily bite on that. Exactly, especially, especially in that fourth quarter, man, when they are thinking that all we're going to do is just try and, and run the clock out hit them with a play action. I'm not saying you got to throw a 50-yard bomb. That's not what I'm saying. But hit them with a nice little 20 out, you know? It's it's just a little something to throw them off, keep the chains moving, keep keep us, you know, refreshing on our downs and just keep eating clock that way. Just because just because we want to want to control the clock doesn't mean we have to run all three plays. You know, we can we can hit those short little passes as long as we're throwing them off and they're not expecting it. So yeah, I don't. You, you know, Martinez had three turnovers for that game. Um, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that first fumble. Um, or that Colorado that was a perfect hit. Yeah, he he got him right where he needed to get him. You know, I yes, you want to say that he should have switched that to his outside arm, but. You know, it was just a great play by Colorado. So I think we got to give them all their due for that. Um, and there were two no calls on for us on two of Colorado drives that they scored on. So that really hurt us. I thought, what was it, the pass interference? And then what was the other one, the, the non-holding call? Oh, I can't even remember. I think one of them was us not getting a pass interference, and then the other one was not getting a holding call. And I don't know. I'm I'm just so numb to it because it seems to happen so often. It does. That I, um, I just kind of kind of shrug it off now. Yeah, but with that being said, it's over. We we lived it. It's done. So now. Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, but how about this stat? This is our fourth overtime in a row that we haven't even scored a point. Yeah. 
Did you know yeah, that? Yeah, well, I guess, okay, so that's one other thing I guess we could touch on is anyone that's getting mad at Armstrong, back off, okay? Just back off. The guy is a punter, you know, and trying to win a game in overtime, we shouldn't have even been in that position anyways. No, so I was not mad at Armstrong at all. No, anyone that's calling for Armstrong to, you know, put the blame on him, just stop it. Just just stop it right now. The kid's a punter. Leave yeah. him alone. Shouldn't so, have been in that situation. Exactly. So, if Pickering was in the game, how much different do you think that game goes? Like, as far as our play calling, um, hitting any field goals, anything like that, how much different do you think that game is when we have Pickering? Well, I guarantee he would have hit that field goal. So we would have at least went to the second overtime. After that, who knows? Uh, See, just I don't. The, you know, just their play calling in the first overtime was frustrating. And, and I, yeah, I and, think well, we would another another bad I, snap, and it, just, th- it felt like Northwestern all over again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think if we had Pickering in that game, though, we're more confident in our play calling, don't you think? Well, yeah, like, I like think don't we'll j- take a bigger chance just knowing that we still have a field goal kicker that'll be able to make it. I think so, too, man. I think not having Pickering in that game really affected the coaches' play calls. I I just I don't have an insider source or anything like that. It's just a little gut feeling that I have. But I definitely think... I definitely think missing your kicker affects your play calling, you know, whereas you think you have to get... Or maybe even affects Martinez and not the coaches, where Martinez thinks he has to hold on to the ball longer and get more yards on each play because we don't have our kicker, where if we had Pickering, he'd be more willing to settle for an 8-yard gain or you know a 10-yard gain or whatever rather than trying to hit that 20-25. Right. So, it, I, don't, I don't know. With... I just really hope that the guys learn from this. Um, you know, like Martinez said, he told all those guys, you know, he's like, remember this feeling. Remember this feeling and make sure it doesn't happen again. So, we'll yeah, kinda see. Like, uh, kind of like Mo Berry. What did he say? Something about... Uh, he said, "No one, will, no, everyone forget about this when we're in the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, that's a strong statement. Technically, it's still possible. It's well, yeah, obviously. I mean, we haven't played a Big Ten game yet, so so that's what I'm saying. I guess all of our real goals going into this season was just to make the Big Ten championship, right? Well, yeah, we, no, nobody expected to win a national championship, I or even win the Big Ten championship for that matter, right? Uh, just honestly, getting there was gonna be getting there was gonna be, you know. More yeah, than it, anybody it w- expected. It would have been an overachievement, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I mean, do you really do you really look at this season as a waste if we still win eight games? No. Because we still can. That 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 it would be the total of our last two years combined. Yeah, I mean, hell, technically That'd be phenomenal. We- Hell, technically, we could still win 11. I mean, I I don't think we're going to after our last two weeks' performances, but you never know. Anything <laughs> is possible. So, say we still win eight games. That's still something to hang your hat on, I think. 
Yeah, as miserable as this team's been the past two years, eight games is a pretty good achievement. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not ready to give up on them yet. So with that being said, we got Northern Illinois next, and then Illinois. We got two night games, which I think they play better under the lights. Um, and Northern Illinois. Now, don't get it twisted. Northern Illinois is no pushover. Okay. Uh, they who did they play last week? Is they hung in with them pretty good, and I we seen the score, uh, and I Utah. got me kind. Of, yeah, Utah, and Utah's yeah. expected to win the Pac-12 this year. So, Northern Illinois no scrub. Um, they're we're definitely gonna have our work cut out for us. Um, I apologize. I, we kind of threw this podcast together real late, and I didn't I didn't do any scouting on Northern Illinois, so that's my fault. Um, so, but with that being said, they're. They're definitely tougher than South Alabama, in my opinion. And they're not going to be a pushover. But I think with us having this sour taste in our mouth, I think that we could probably be looking at a... Man, I really think they want to make a statement this game. I'd say we'd be looking at a... 34... To no, scratch that. I'm gonna go 38 to 24 for my prediction. Okay. I'm not sure. Uh, I think the I think the defense is really gonna be out to prove something just from the collapse of last weekend. So I would not be surprised to see you. You know. Just a, a full four-quarter defensive effort all the way through. So I'm thinking, and the offense, I think they're going to step up as well. I'm going to go like, uh, let's say, 38 to 10. Wow. Okay. I like it. I can get behind it. You want to do any, uh, like, uh, bold predictions? Bold predictions? I will just pick one. I will go with my bold prediction will be Dedrick Mills gets it together this week. I think Mo Washington has a decent game, but I think I think they make a key emphasis on figuring out how to run between the tackles. So I'm going to say Dedrick Mills goes for 80 yards and two touchdowns. That would be impressive, considering the last two weeks. I know. <laughs> oh, man. What's I'm going to go with uh, – we're going to see a big play, and it's going to be from Wandell Robinson. I'm thinking like 60 yards plus. Last weekend at Colorado, that one that slipped out of his hands, man, if he would have caught that, he would have yep. been gone. Yep. I think it's it's going to happen. You know, he's not going to forget that from last weekend because he knew it. He knew he had it if he wouldn't drop that. So I think he's going to get redemption here and get that long play. Okay. I'll hit you with a bonus bold, all right, because I'm feeling froggy. I heard that Cade Warner is close, okay? But this is a (laughs) hypothetical. 
Okay. I lo- you know how much I love Cade Warner, and I think he's going to be our wide receiver MVP when he plays. If he plays, I'm saying he goes for 100 and a touchdown. And Throws it's like, and it's like 12 catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Because I just think, I think that him and Adrian, Adrian trusts him a lot. I think so. Yeah. I think he's he's itching to get Cade Warner back for sure. Well, Nebraska's itching to get him back because all we have is J.D. Spielman and Wandell. Yeah. Connor yeah. I know has got to get going. I don't know. And Stoll, too. That might be it. God damn it. I'm feeling froggy. Hit me with another bold prediction. <laughs> I think I think Stoley gets at least 50 yards. <laughs> that's well, my, Based on last Stoll, week, that's pretty or, bold. Or just tight ends in general get more than four targets. Yeah. They have to. They got to figure that out. I don't know what's going on with that, but it needs to be figured out for sure. Maybe a, another bold prediction would be like rush for a total of 200 yards would be amazing right now. Yeah. Not we're, not give up a sack. Yeah, we're piss poor right now on our rushing for sure. So well, we our offensive get, line is god-awful. Well, you guys doubted me when I said that our offensive line is going to be – I'm not – I wasn't impressed with it last year, and I'm not that impressed with it this year so far. So, yeah, I'm definitely not this year. So that's that's that. All right. So, <laughs> do you want to move into NFL since we didn't get a since we had technical difficulties last week and didn't get to uh, publish our episode? Uh, I have. You just you just want to go over everything we did even though it's a week into the season or well i'll go over you just want to read it off i go over our odds that we did and how how we did oh Um, yeah unless you had college pickums this week nope do you even remember how we did on our college pickums last week i have them written down i have not looked yet (laughs) perfect i'll get back to you next week on that one yeah (laughs) perfect so Sorry to all of our listeners for once again being unprepared for this one. It won't happen next week, I promise. Okay, so moving into, uh, I guess we could see how well I did on my sleepers that I predicted. Um, yeah. All right, so Jameis had a bad game, and I didn't do well on that one. Derek Carr looked all right. He didn't look too bad, so I'll give me a push on Derek Carr. Uh, Tevin Coleman left the game with an injury and is out on for at least six weeks. So I guess you could consider yeah. that a bust. Josh a Jacobs bust. looked great. Yeah. Josh Jacobs looked great. So I hit that one. Uh, Cook, Dalvin Cook looked great. Hit on that one. Devontae Freeman didn't do crap. But I'll touch base on him when I get into our week two for the NFL. Curtis Samuels, same thing with Devontae. Didn't do crap, but I'll touch base on him. D.D. Westbrook, I feel like it's not my fault for missing that one because Nick Foles got hurt. And Nick Foles goes to him all the time. Well, Minshew was practicing more with D.J. Chark, so of course he went to D.J. Chark that entire game. 
Uh, Dante Moncrief. I'll get to that one. Deshaun Jackson looked great, so I hit on that he one. Did. Darren Waller, I hit on that one. Uh, Vance McDonald, once again, the whole Steelers team looked like crap. I don't think that's going to be season long at all. Uh, Bus, I completely shit the bed on Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I had him as a bust. That was bad. But it is the Dolphins, so... Let's let's yeah. wait on that. My once again, the, these were the only season thing, long. Yeah, the only thing I hit was I thought Josh Jacobs, and then I actually had T.J. Hawkinson who had a pretty solid first game. Nice, there you go. Uh, bust Dolphins quarterback right on the money on that, and will be for the remainder of the year. Uh, Damian Williams I had as a bust. I didn't really see the stat line on him in the Chiefs game. I should have done my research on that one. But I don't feel like he had a great game. So, there you go. Damian Williams for the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. he. I don't think he had a very good game. And I think LaShawn McCoy is going to dip into his, his stuff yeah. this year. Uh, Gurley was a bust for me for this season. And he didn't look impressive. He looked good in the second half, but once again, the reason why I downgraded Gurley, not to say that he's not going to have any production, I just I just don't think he's going to get all the carries, so I just don't like him being a running back one all year. Allen Robinson I called as a bust. Didn't really see him do much. A.J. Green, he's out, so of course he's a bust. T.Y. Hilton had an okay game, so I, I missed on that one. Eric Ebron I called as a bust, and I can't. I think Jack Doyle had more than Eric Ebron. So, and then Jimmy Graham I said is a bust because I thought Jay Sternberger was going to take over, but he's on IR and Jimmy Graham ended up getting a touchdown. So he might be mediocre yeah, all year. Touchdown. Yeah, he might be mediocre all year. So, yeah. so for our money line odds and predictions. I went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven right, and one, two, three, four, five, seven wrong. So, no, it's okay. But on the five games that I wanted to bet money on, I hit four out of five. So I bet Tennessee to cover, I bet Baltimore to cover, I bet the Rams to cover, I bet the Chiefs to cover, and the one I missed on was Pittsburgh to cover. So, there's that. Well, so what I do? <laughs> oh, sorry, I forgot to read yours, my bad. Let me go back. You had... You had nine right. Wait a minute, let me count mine again. Ooh, one, two, look three. at that. It can't be right. Jaden won. No, yeah, you're. Yep, you did. Okay. Oh. But you didn't. You didn't call out any of them to actually bet on. So I'm gonna take that one to the bank. <laughs> I had locks. <laughs> hey, four out of five. I didn't write down your locks though, so that's on me. 
No, you didn't. But four out of five on locks is pretty good, I think. Yeah. You know? So that's 80% so far on the season. Vegas gamblers are happy with 55%. So there's that. Okay. This week's money lines are... Carolina, minus five versus the Bucks. Who you got? Mm, that's a tough one. I'll take the... I'll take Carolina. That's who I Cover. took as well. Yep. Tennessee, minus three versus Indy. Who you got? Wow. That's, uh, that's tough because Tennessee looked pretty good last week, but... And so did Indy. It, I mean, they played the Chargers right down to overtime. Yeah, and then again, I guess that could be because the Browns could be terrible. Which I don't is think that pick I, look pretty bad. I don't think that's it, man. It's like I said last last week. I just I just think that the Browns were too cocky coming in. I knew they'd get caught off guard. But Tennessee yeah. is no joke. So who you take? So who I'll take. You know what? I'm going to go with Indianapolis. Indy? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take Tennessee. Uh, Chargers, minus two and a half versus Detroit. Who uh, you got? Chargers? Yeah, that's what I'm taking, too. That's easy one. Lock that one up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Buffalo, minus two and a half versus the Giants. Hmm. Uh, Giants. You're taking the Giants. I'll take yeah. Buffalo. Uh, Baltimore minus thirteen and a half versus Arizona. Holy crap! That's a large line for the NFL. Yeah. Uh, you, I, shoot, Arizona. I actually took Arizona to cover as well. Yeah. New England minus fourteen and a half versus Miami. New England. <laughs> <laughs> yep, me too. Uh, Dallas minus seven versus Washington. That's a tough one. But oh, that's it's usually though that game's a tough game. You know they always play each other really tough. Yeah, they do. So. I'm, you said seven, right? Correct. Okay. I'll shoot. I'll say Washington beats the spread. Okay. I'll take Dallas. Houston minus an nine and a half versus Jacksonville. Hmm. Well, Foles is out. So I'll take Houston. Yep, I took Houston to cover that as well. They looked way too good in that Monday yeah. night game. Pittsburgh Even minus lost. <laughs> yeah, Pittsburgh minus four versus Seattle. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, Pittsburgh looked awful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is a toss-up for me. Uh, shoot, I'll just say Seattle. Seattle. I took Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, I should have known better last week. Pittsburgh always comes out flat in that first game. And Seattle barely beat Cincinnati, for Christ's sake. So, 
Hey, watch Pitt. out. You never know. Zach Taylor might get the, the Bengals rolling. No, man. When when good teams get <laughs> embarrassed on on big games like that, they come back with a vengeance. So Pittsburgh for sure to cover for me. San Francisco minus one and a half versus Cincinnati. Okay, I'll I'll take San Fran here. I'm actually taking Cincinnati to cover. I think I think the Niners barely squeak one out if they do at all. By a but point. If, if they do, I think they only win by a point. I think it's okay. like a twenty twenty one to twenty game. Uh, Green Bay minus three versus Minnesota. It's at Green Bay, so I'll take Green Bay. Green Bay, I took Green Bay to cover as well. Uh, Kansas City minus eight and a half versus Oakland. Uh, yeah, I'll probably take Kansas City. Yeah, I took Kansas City as well. Raiders look good, but it's Kansas City. And even though Tyreek Hill is out, they got that rookie that is super fast to step right in and take over for him. So I'm not too worried about Kansas. And Sammy Watkins had probably his best game as a chief. Career game. Career game. Won't happen again. Uh, Nobody saw that. Nobody saw that coming. No, no. And playing my brother, it's his first time ever playing fantasy football, and of course he played Sammy Watkins against me. Just murdered me by like a hundred points. I think whoever had him in our league put had him on the bench, so that had to be painful. Oh no! Oh no! Of course, of course, my brother never playing fantasy football a day in his life. And I was like, ah, I got to open in this league. Why don't you sign up? Just house me by 100. So shout out to Adam. Uh, he uh, he texts me and says, man, I can't believe you beat. I'm beating you this bad. And I said, don't get used to it. Week one's always a fluke. <laughs> <laughs> and when it's your you first time week, playing you? fantasy, you always get lucky too. So. Yeah, uh, rough week. Oh, it's just a weird week for all NFL. You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. just... That's the way it goes in week one, though. Uh, Rams, minus three versus New Orleans. Hmm. That's a tough one, dude. That is. Where is it at? Uh, I'm not sure, honestly. Well, oh, it's in L.A. Hey. It's in L.A. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll take the Rams. I took the Rams as well. Um, Denver minus one versus the Bears. Bears. Yeah, I I, I don't know what's going on there. I think yeah, they're. I wouldn't expect that. I think they're thinking that that pass rush by Denver is gonna get to is gonna get to Chicago, but I'm sorry, the Raiders house Denver so Chicago is not that far behind Oakland on offense well maybe they are but their defense makes up for it so and Oakland's defense shut down Denver so all right here's a pick them for you Philly versus Atlanta and it's just a pick them 
I'll just I'll take Philly. Yeah, I'm taking Philly too. I do think Atlanta bounces back and has another good game. But Philly is serious and they came out really flat in the first half, but they got it together really quick in the second half. And I th- I think they finally know what they're doing and just needed a half to get clicking. So uh, Atlanta, I do think, bounces back, though, and has a better week. And then the final game is Cleveland minus two and a half against the Jets. Yeah, I'll definitely take Cleveland here. I like Cleveland to bounce back as well. Yeah, I think after that embarrassing performance that uh, <laughs> they better, you know, do something or else you know, it's going to get ugly again in Cleveland. Yeah. Okay. So I'll rattle off my five money bets. Um, if I was going to actually bet my real money, these are the five that I would take. I know it's a huge spread, but I'm taking New England with a 14 and a half over Miami. Miami's terrible. New England's too good. I'm taking Kansas City with the eight and a half over Oakland. I don't I know it's crazy. I don't normally take these high lines, but it's just too big of a mismatch. I'm taking Chicago with the plus one over Denver. I'm taking Philly over Atlanta in the pick'em. And then the last money bet I'm doing is Buffalo minus two and a half over the Giants. So really? Yeah, for sure. Buffalo's good, man. The Giants are trash. Uh, so, let's see here. Your first money bet was Chargers minus two and a half over Detroit. Which is a yeah. good one. I, I kind of overlooked that one, but it's yours. Are there any others that, you, that you're interested in? You probably probably tough for you without rattling them off though huh right i don't have anything in front of me but uh me being a homer i'm I'm gonna just say packers lock it up you're taking the packers oh yeah okay all right that'll work so you're just gonna do two this week yeah i'll do two this week i'll be more prepared next week okay sounds good same with college football we'll get that all settled as well yeah, I really want to know how I did on my pickums. Thanks. Well, I have the sheet in front of me. I just can't remember all. I know some of them. Um, like Syracuse, Maryland. We both picked Syracuse. That was okay. a fail. Army, Michigan. We both picked Michigan. Fail. West Go ahead Virginia, and read Missouri. These. Go ahead and read off all the ones that we did. I'm gonna I'm gonna step out okay. for just a sec. All right, West Virginia at Missouri. Uh, we both had Missouri. We did hit that one. Vanderbilt at Purdue. You had Vanderbilt. I had Purdue, but I honestly can't remember the score. I think Purdue was the one who came out on top and covered, but I could be wrong. This okay. one, uh, this one was the the game of the. That uh, we were watching A and M and Clemson seventeen and a half, and you had Clemson and A and M, and A and M scored with what six seconds left to. Yeah, that was crap. That was crap, yeah. and you know it. I loved it. It was great. It was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> then we had UCF at Florida Atlantic. I had UCF. You had Florida Atlantic. I have no idea what that score was. Didn't even I, see it. I think Florida Atlantic covered. Did they? 
I don't know. I don't know. I can't. Um, I, I shouldn't B- say things BYU, I don't know. BYU at Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee was three. Uh, I said Tennessee would cover. They did not. BYU won by three. So and you said BYU. So you got that one. LSU at Texas. We both had LSU. And yeah, we got that one. Yeah. Do you know what the Ar- Arkansas Ole Miss game was? Because I don't. No. Me neither. But we both picked Ole Miss. So, And then the last one was Stanford at USC. And we both picked Stanford. And I know we both missed that one. So it was a yep. kind of rough weekend for college. Yeah, college is tough for, for me. Anyways, yeah. I think it's way harder to predict. But it's also hard to say when we don't come prepare for our podcast. So once again... Apologies all around all of our listeners. We will have our shit together next week, I promise. Yeah, we even did two podcasts last week and we didn't nobody got to hear them. Yeah, it was just it was just miserable. Rough. Bad audio all the way around and we're trying out new techniques now. Um seems like it's going to be working out fine. It's just we're just, you know, we're we're dads. We have families and kids and it's just tough you know, or to get together and do this. So, but we will be better prepared next time. I was more focused on uh, audio than I was on content. So that's on us. All right. So the last thing that I got for NFL is week two waiver ads. And then also guys that I don't want to quit on yet. Okay. So waiver ads this week, I got quite a few. Obviously, you're probably not going to have all of these guys on your waiver wires, okay? Nor am I saying go go pick up all of these guys and drop the guys that you have. But if these if you have a guy on your team that you're fairly confident is probably never going to crack your starting lineup even on bye weeks, go pick some of these guys up if they're available. So the first one you got to start with is Tyrell Williams, okay, he's, Antonio Brown's gone, which happened right after we did our last one, so Tyrell Williams, uh, Deshaun Jackson, which I don't know how available these guys are going to be to you, Will Fuller, definitely, and Ted Giddens Jr., okay, so now here are the guys that are probably available um, that probably didn't get drafted. So these are guys you're definitely going to want to target. Marquise Brown, uh, Ravens wide receiver. I don't think he's going to be a 100 and a touchdown every week, but I think he's going to have, I'd say every two weeks he'll probably have a big game. Uh, McCole Hardman, the wide receiver for the Chiefs. It's the rookie that they drafted um, to replace Tyreek when Tyreek was going through all of his legal troubles. And now that Tyreek is hurt, he's definitely going to have a role in that offense. So did they say, did, I would, did they say how he, long Tyreek was going to be out? What did you say? Did they say how long Tyreek's going to be out? Um, I, think he, I don't think he's going to go to IR. So I think in probably... Probably like a Tevin Coleman situation. Probably up to six weeks, I would imagine. Well, um, terrible, I guess. No. 
Um, Terry McLaughlin, um, he's a wide receiver for the Redskins. He's a rookie from Ohio State. Um, he's he's a speedster. He's he's big play only. I don't see him getting a bunch of regular targets throughout the season um, every game, but he's got big play potential just like Marquise Brown. You know, I really thought Trey Quinn was going to be the slot guy with getting a bunch of catches, so I really was going to hammer home in, hammer him home on PPR. Um, kind of looks like Terry McLaughlin might be the guy, but don't sleep on Trey Quinn in Washington either. Um, we can look at last wide receiver we can look at here is DK Metcalf. Um, I think I think he's going to be a staple in that offense. Um, Tyler Lockett, I wasn't sold on going into the year. He's big play only. I think DK Metcalf is only going to get better as the year progresses. So definitely get him now and stash him if you can afford to. My top running backs to pick up are, first and foremost, Daryl Henderson for the Bills. We're really worried about that running back committee timeshare situation there in Buffalo and it looks like Daryl definitely separated himself so you want to go pick him up for sure with Tevin Coleman going down Raheem Moster I think is going to fill his role in San Francisco now I know everyone likes Matt Breda Matt Breda is more of a PPR guy Mostert's going to fill more of the first and second down roles and Breda's more of a third down guy. So Mostert's going to have enough production or I mean I'm sorry enough um, oh what's the word I'm looking for. He's going to have enough opportunities there with, with Coleman out. So that's that's just desperate though. I'm not saying rush out and drop somebody for him but keep him on the back burner. Um, kind of the same way with Carlos Hyde. I think Carlos Hyde's gonna have gonna have his fair share of splitting time with with uh, Duke Johnson, but Carlos Hyde showed me enough in that game against New Orleans to where he's still gonna be a serviceable back. Um, Mike Davis outcarried uh, David Montgomery in Chicago. Some people would say go get him based on opportunity. I'm holding him on reserve. I still think that's David Montgomery's job to lose. And I just feel like that was just a weird game flow with them and the Packers. So I'm not... He's more lower bottom for me. Uh, the guys that I really think here at running back that are going to get the most opportunities, Adrian Peterson. Darius Geis is gone. Um... He's gonna he's gonna it's just gonna be like last year where him and Chris Peterson are gonna share time, but Adrian Peterson could still go if Geis is gone for the rest of the year, Peterson could still hit a thousand yards and Chris Thompson can still get his. So I like Adrian Peterson. And Joe Mixon is out. Did you hear about that? I didn't. So Joe what Mixon happened? is out. I don't know. And I again failed failure to prepare on my part. But I know he left the game, and I think he's out for a little bit. So if you're in a pinch, you could go pick up Giovanni Bernard. Mm, he has he has that. proved 
he has proven time and time again to to do what he needs to do when given the opportunities, okay? So so I love Giovanni, especially in a PPR league. And then uh, my tight end is Darren Waller. Darren Waller is going to be the focal point of this offense. I said it last week when I when I said he was my sleeper because John Gruden said our offense revolves around the tight end. Darren Waller is a beast of a tight end. He's a former wide receiver from Georgia Tech, got in trouble, got in trouble with the Ravens. Now he's got his shit together and playing for Oakland in an offense that specifically targets the tight end. Look at what they did with Jared Cook last year, okay? There's a reason why they let him go to pick up Darren Waller. Darren Waller is a badass. Pick him up, okay? Um, any waiver wire guys that stick out to you that I might not have mentioned? No, I needed a another tight end, so I went and tried to get T.J. Hawkinson. We'll see how that goes. Oh yeah, of course. If 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 T.J. Hawkinson's available, definitely go get him too. Um, that would be my one A, one B there um the only thing that scares me on hawkinson is jesse james is there too um so he might vulture a touchdown from right from hawkinson every now and again and oakland darren waller's the only one so and they're going to be playing from behind i feel like more than the lions are i don't know why it's just a crazy feeling i have so if I had gun to my head to pick one over the other, I'd take Waller. Um, unless it's a Dynasty League. Dynasty League, I'd take Hawkinson for sure because Jesse James ain't going to be around next year. Um, so here's some don't quit on guys. Guys that had bad, bad week one performances, but I think they're going to bounce back. Uh, Curtis Samuel and Cam Newton. I've been hyping Curtis Samuel all year. Curtis Samuel was was the guy that I had to draft in every single league that I'm in, and I did. Um, I still think he's going to be a really productive guy this year, especially if he's like your wide receiver three. Um, But they just had a bad game, and they're playing the Rams, for Christ's sake. Okay, leave him alone. They'll bounce back. Same thing with Cam. You know, Cam will be fine as long as he can stay healthy. He's going to put up points. I especially really like those guys to bounce back this week against Tampa Bay. Um, Adam Humphreys, he is in Tennessee now. He only had one catch, I believe, in that game. That game just got out of hand really fast. I mean, Derrick Henry had a 70-yard receiving touchdown, for Christ's sake, okay? So that's not going to go the same way every single time. I like Humphreys. Mariota's going to dump off to him and Delaney Walker a lot more than he's going to go deep to A.J. Brown. So don't sleep on Humphreys. If you have him, hold on to him. Let's see what happens for another week. Let's not overreact. Uh, Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman had a piss-poor game, okay? And uh, Devontae Freeman's one of those guys that I kind of took in about half of my leagues also. Because I tend to go wide receiver heavy when I draft because most of my leagues are PPR. And so I kind of waited. 
and took Freeman in about the fourth or fifth round in all my drafts. I really like him to have a good year, especially in PPR. Minnesota's got a real defense, okay? And I think Atlanta just came out really flat for that game. They have another tough matchup this week against Philly, but I do like them to have a better performance this week. I don't think it's going to be the greatest one of the year for them, but I don't think it's going to be nearly as bad as it was last week. So I do like Atlanta to bounce back, especially Devontae Freeman. Um, David Montgomery for the Bears. I, like I kind of said with Mike Davis, I think that's Montgomery's job to lose. Um, it really wasn't very fair for Nagy to run him six times and to the left every single time in that game. Um, but I just don't feel like they really had their bearings with them, and I think they're going to find a way to figure it out. Montgomery's just way too slippery and way too good to not to not get it together. And then lastly is any Steelers player. <laughs> that game, the Patriots were just way too good. The Steelers aren't going to be that bad all year. I still like them to win their division. I just think that they just they came out way too flat on that first game, and I really like them to bounce back. So what, what, as far as that goes for Moncrief, for Juju, for Ben, for for Connor, just just hold tight on all of those guys. I think they're going to come back, and I think they'll be fine. Before you go dropping them, just, just hold on and don't overreact. You got any guys that you thought had a bad performance that you, you think people shouldn't really overreact on? No, I didn't really pay attention to anybody outside of my team, and, well, they all did pretty good. I mean, Devontae Adams, I almost put him on here, but of course you're not going to get rid of him. No, no, because that was just a defensive game right there. So, yeah, just a, it was and he, just and a, he still didn't do terrible. He still, what, had like 70 yards receiving maybe or 60? No, he had like five points. Oh, I thought he had like eight. In a PPR. Oh. No. No, he did not. He did not do very well at all. So... Um, and Aaron Jones too. Don't sleep on Aaron Jones. I think he's, you know, he's going to bounce. Like I said, week one was just a really weird week. Don't expect. Yeah, it usually is. So, but that's all I really got. Did you do DraftKings this week? Oh yeah, there you go. All right. I'll give you a couple of DFS guys. So. So yeah, I hit pretty good on my DraftKings. Um, I won fifty bucks, give or take a dollar or two, whatever, um, on on fifteen dollars in bets. And my my power plays last week were Lions passing, going against Arizona's uh, secondary, which I did good. I did good on it, even though the Lions didn't look good. They put up the fantasy numbers that I needed. So. So, with that being said, the reason why I picked that is Arizona's top three corners are all out for the first four weeks. So, playing them this week is the Ravens. So, you you definitely want to take Lamar. You're definitely going to want to take Marquise Brown. He's going to... I guarantee that kid has 
I see him going for at least a 60-yard bomb and a touchdown. Um, I really didn't look at prices to see who's super cheap. One guy that might be a sleeper for you for tight end could be Mark Andrews, depending on his price point. So you might want to look at Mark Andrews there. Um, give me a sec. Let me... Let me look at who else I got here for for matchups. Have I you definitely got it set for this week. What? You I haven't. I haven't. Lineups. No, I haven't. I usually do those on Thursday mornings. Okay. Um. Uh. Let's see. I like I like Carolina Carolina players going up against the Bucks. Um. I guess one rule of thumb too. You guys might want to keep in mind when it comes to daily fantasy. Take. Take the guys that have, look at the games that have the most over-unders and take those games, okay? So, so you're definitely going to want to look at Rams versus New Orleans. Those guys are going to put up numbers. Um, I think, I like, I like Carolina to put up some points against the Bucks here. I think, I think Cam would be alright. Now, as far as a cheap play... Let me find a cheap one here for you really fast. Searching through. Raheem Mostert might not be too bad for the Niners. I guarantee he's going to be pretty cheap. Take McCole Hardman for the Chiefs. Um, he's, I bet he's going to be cheap. And I think he's going to have a big, big game against Oakland. He's going to fill that Tyreek role and have a couple of deep passes. Probably take one to the house. Um... And I like anybody in that Philly-Atlanta game, too. Though I think there's going to be some points scored there. So that's that's who I'm taking. Yeah, I did terrible. Did you? Did you lose some money? Oh, oh so bad. <laughs> I didn't even win a dime. I mean, Ouch. Majority, yeah, majority of them I was you know, pushing for you know, in the back 70%. So, so here's one, here's one strategy for daily fantasy also that I adapted two years ago that's, that's really made me um, profitable the last two years is do morning slates only and then afternoon slates only. Don't do the Thursday through Monday. Don't do the all-day Sunday, okay? Take the, take the morning only. And then do the afternoon only. Because because when you do that, there's going to be one or two games or one or two mismatches that really stick out to you that you can target. And not everyone else is going to target them. And I guess the one other thing that I do is when I do those morning or afternoon matches, I'll pay up for like the $10, $12, $15 games to to only go up against like 3000 other guys. So stay away from those $3 games where you're playing against like 35 50,000 guys, okay? Those guys are setting in way too many lineups, way too many like algorithms, you know, they they know what they're doing, okay? So so in order to make it a little more even kill I like the single entry $12 morning or afternoon only slates where you're only going up against a max of 5,000 guys. So I don't I don't know if you do that at all 
but I, I feel like if you would just change that change to that strategy and try it out for a couple weeks, I feel like you'd see a big difference in your returns. Yeah, I usually do the early early only and uh, afternoon only. I don't do the high dollar games. It's usually, you know, $5 games or whatever it is. Sure, not I'm not the, it's not, it's not the big one that's like what is it 200,000 people f that. Yeah, yes. And I'm not saying you got to go play the $1500 ones. That's not what I'm saying, but usually that nice right. like 8, 10, 12 dollar ones it might seem a little steep, you know, to when if you're if you're just diving in or you're kind of on a budget, things like that. Yep. But if you if you can just start with $20, do a $12 morning only or actually i would probably do an eight dollar morning only one and a twelve dollar afternoon one because the afternoon one you can get a lot more specific there's going to be usually there's only four to five games sometimes only three and you can really really find one game out of those to target and hit heavy and that's usually what i like to do not saying i win you know hundreds of dollars every week but if you can if you can bet 12 and win 30 bucks every week, add that up over the 16 weeks and you're going to do all right for yourself at the end of the year. Do you so, just keep it in there or do you uh, yep. just keep playing? I just keep it in there. I don't yeah. I don't ever I don't ever take it out and and when you do get on a heater, don't get cocky, okay? Don't don't go betting four or five games at 12 bucks a piece just because you got the bankroll stick with what you're doing stick to them little one or two morning afternoon games and that's it then if you lose you're not out too much because guess what you're gonna have a bad week guys it's gonna happen okay it happens to pros it happens you know the guys that make hundreds of thousands of dollars so just just don't get cocky when you do get on a roll I've done it and completely been pissed off on myself. So that's yeah, my advice. That's my advice. So, all right. Well, we're getting close to our hour mark. So we're going to get you guys out of here. And uh, if you win, you owe me 10%. <laughs> all right. We'll see you.